live on Instagram Live, Facebook Live, YouTube Live, Twitter Live, and streaming at on our website, lettertophilippi.org. And good morning. My name is Sean Emsley. I'm your the teacher of the Letter to Philippi Live broadcast, and a, which is a week, which is a daily study in the book of Philippians that we started on June 1st. So this is now we're into our second month of going verse by verse through Paul's letter to Philippi, also known as the letter to the Philippians. And uh, we will be doing, as I said, told the people on Instagram and now for you on on uh, our other platforms, Facebook Live, YouTube Live, Twitter Live, and our website, that today we'll be testing out different times for our find out where where we can find a better audience, if possible, from our, our noontime broadcast. So we'll be doing three Letter to Philippi Lives today at 10 a.m., 11 a.m., and 12 p.m. Pacific Time, and that is 1 p.m., 2 p.m., and 3 p.m. Eastern Time, and 8, 9, and 10 p.m. Jerusalem Time. So it's now... Uh, now time to get started so uh welcome to the letter philippi broadcast we'll start off with a quick word of prayer and then we'll be looking at uh philippians chapter 3 verses 18 through 19. but lord you're good we thank you we bless your holy name we thank you for each day you give us to live for you and to become more like messiah we thank you for this time to study your word we thank you for your love we thank you for our messiah in whose name we pray amen so welcome to those who are, are new to the Letter to Philippi broadcast. As I said, we've been doing this starting on June 1st. And uh, we've been broadcasting live on Instagram, Instagram and Facebook since June 1st. We recently added in in YouTube and, and Twitter. We've all, and we've always been broadcasting live to our website, letterphilippi.org. So our usual time for the for our broadcast has been at noon, and for this week I wanted to, to try out 10 a.m. and 11 a.m. to see if there if there may be other viewers that we weren't weren't reaching out to. So today we'll actually be having three Letter to Philippi broadcasts: 10, 11, and 12. So you are our first one of the day at 10 a.m., and we'll be looking at at Philippians chapter three verses 18. And onward, we'll see how far we can get, get in our time today. We'll at least look at 3, 18, and 19, which a section that I entitled The Way of Destruction. And Paul teaching about what, what the Philippian believers and us by attention need to beware of and to avoid this way of destruction. Quick cup of coffee. Oh, sorry. So in verse 18 of Philippians 3, we read, For many I have told you about them often before. Even now I say it with tears. Live as enemies of the Messiah's execution day. Let me read that again. For many I have told you about them often before. And even now I say it with tears. Live as enemies of the Messiah's execution day. Paul here speaks about those who neglect or even downplay the importance of the Messiah's death on the scandalous Roman stake on the cross. Death by crucifixion was the most disgraceful way to die at this time. The punishment of slaves and criminals. 
So Paul here is, is saying that there are those in the Philippian community he wants to warn about. There are those people who, who claim to be followers of Yeshua, but they are they they are uh, either neglect or downplayed. Don't really talk about the the death of the Messiah because of it's such because of the scandal of it, because of it of it being so so horrible and so so degrading, especially especially within the, in the Greco-Roman world, who uh, who understood the horror of it and then it was. It was the punishment for for slaves and criminals. It was a punishment for the lowest of society, and it was a punishment that was that was given to to those that were to be degraded in their death. Not only were they be punished for their crimes, or punished for who they were, because the Romans the Romans would also also would, would also crucify Jews just because they were Jews. To humiliate and to and to terrorize the people, but the but the thing is that Paul is saying that yes, to under to really be followers of Yeshua, to really understand the glory of his his place as as our master and king, is understand that he died the most disgraceful, the most horrific of deaths for us, and that that though that is scandalous. And it doesn't it doesn't doesn't compute to the Greco-Roman mind that sees that how can someone be your lord and master and king who had died the death on on the cross the the death of a slave how could how could how could this this one who was who was crucified who was punished as as a slave could be the king of all for Gentiles it was a scandal. To die such a death, a death that was was so horrific and so, and, and was designed for, for humiliation and designed for the lowest the lowest status of society, slaves and criminals. And to and, and for the Jewish populace, it was the death of those cursed by God, which we read about in Deuteronomy twenty one, which reads, "If someone has committed a capital crime." And is put to death, then hung on a tree. His body is not to remain all night on the tree, but you must bury him the same day, because a person who has been hanged, on, hanged has been cursed by God, so that you will not defile your land, which Adonai your God is giving to you to inherit. Paul warns against those who rejected the shameful death of the Messiah died for them to gain salvation. Out of their aversion to Yeshua's suffering and despised death, some people could would not speak about it. The embracing of the scandal of a crucified Savior, so counter to Greco-Roman thought, was an issue for the primarily Gentile Messian community. As I said before, this this idea of of the of the uh, the Messiah, the one the, the Messiah, the King, the Savior. Being one who was who was crucified was was an idea that was unimaginable to the Greco-Roman mind and to the and to the the Gentile populace to understand how one who was crucified could be the Savior and Lord. 
And this is something that, that Paul is, is speaking primarily to a, a Gentile Messianic community in Philippi. So they would they would have that Greco-Roman mindset of the reversion to the death of Messiah as one who had died the death of the Christ on the cross. That, that there was this this way of, of not understanding how how the Messiah King, Savior, and Lord would be the one who died on the Roman cross. And and they they would actually actually uh, not speak about it. And, and and this is what Paul calls being an enemy to the Messiah's execution state or, in, or an enemy of the cross, that they, they by their actions, by not, not embracing the, sac the sacrificial death of the Messiah on the cross, on the Roman stake for them, were in essence rejecting, rejecting the, the full, full embrace of Yeshua because they they were not they were not speaking about that the Messiah the Messiah died the death for them on the cross and Paul says that this aversion to speaking about it or even even rejecting that it, it could have it could have happened was what Paul would call them being enemies of the cross enemies of the Messiah's execution state. Paul warns these people who did not accept the despised death of Yeshua that they were rejecting the atonement offered to them, and even more were enemies of the very sacrificial death that brought them new life. By these people not speaking about the, the death of Messiah on the cross, the, the humiliating death of a slave of the Messiah, that they were in essence rejecting, rejecting the gift of eternal life, the gift of atonement, the gift of being brought into the people of God by their not accepting that the Messiah died in this way and died for them in this most most scandalous, this most humiliating ways, that by them not not accepting the death of Messiah as as the as the sacrifice for them, as one who died the death of the Roman cross, they were they were in essence being an enemy of the very of the very one that they were claiming to have put their faith trust into, even just by putting aside and not speaking about the death of the Messiah and speaking about that his death was a scandalous death, but it was a death that was fulfillment of God's plan and it was a fulfillment of the of the prophecies of the Messiah. Such a version of the shameful death of the Messiah could even lead them to deny the faith they once had accepted. Those who turned away from their trust in Yeshua as the Messiah were truly living as enemies of the Messiah's execution stake. So these people, these people could actually go so far in, in rejecting the scandalous death of the Messiah that they could actually reject their faith in Yeshua and truly, truly be committed ones living as enemies of the Messiah. So there's the execution state. So Paul warns that, that even by distancing themselves from the death of the Messiah on, on the cross, on the death of the Messiah on the execution state for them, that they were that they were opening themselves to actually completely deny their faith in the Messiah, that that in not accepting the death of the Messiah as it was as it was the death of, of, of a criminal, the death 
of a slave, the death of the low society, by not rejecting the scandalous and and counterculture death of the one who is their Messiah and King, they can lead themselves to actually going as far enough to actually reject their faith in the Messiah. That it was that it was kind of like a slippery slope that they that once once they they no longer spoke about or even rejected talking about the the, shame, the death of the Messiah, the shameful death of the Messiah on the cross, that they were leading themselves down the path that they could completely reject reject their connection to Yeshua because they could not see themselves being connected to a one who had died such a horrible death. The death of the Messiah for them, for their salvation, for their atonement, was was something that they couldn't they couldn't within their society accept, and they couldn't they couldn't embrace the death that brought them life. Other enemies of the cross, the enemies of the Messiah's fusion state, may have been less overt in their version. They may have simply not been taught walking in the example of the Messiah. Here's a here's a third option here, is that that uh, Paul is speaking about those who were enemies of the Messiah's execution stake by not living lives faithful to the, to the God of Israel, living lives that were not following the Messiah. But those who who uh, claimed to be followers of Yeshua were not living as followers of Yeshua. That, that in that doing, they are they are in essence being enemies of the Messiah's execution stake by the fact that they're not living their lives as redeemed Gentiles, as, as Messianic Jews, as followers of the Messiah, that, that they're not living the life for which they, they claim to be a part of. And I, interesting, interesting to this point, I saw uh, recently there was, there was uh, an article I saw, it was uh, on the, uh, on the, uh, the Babylon Bee and, and a satirical website. They had a story. They had a story. This is as a satire that uh, that said that you know that uh, local Christian man discovers discovers that that he he lives his life he lives his life and goes to all the same movies and. And goes and go, and does the watch the same television programs, and every and, and acts like and go does everything like his non-Christian neighbor, except he says "heck" instead of "hell." And sadly enough, this is this is this is this is this is some a way that that uh, that we can un unknowingly. Unlonely be as as the as uh, Paul says, being an enemy of the Messiah's execution stake is that as that we as believers, whether Jewish believers or Gentile believers, live our lives like everyone. Basically, Monday through Saturday, we are our generic generic people, and then and then on on. On either either Saturday morning for for Messian Jews or Sunday morning for for Christian followers, Gentile followers of Yeshua, 
that that is that that is the that's like the one difference in in life is that what we do on either saturday or sunday mornings and then the rest of the rest of the time you know as i said we we are we are living the same life you know saying heck rather than than hell or darn rather than damn but not not truly but living living as people people who were like the world like the world around us but but have that you know th these these small differences basically what, what we do with our saturday or sunday mornings uh, paul paul says here that this is another way that one can be an enemy of the messiah's execution take enemy of the 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 scandalous death of the messiah as one one who are not living out out their faith and living out their life as as different from from our the the darkness of our world that that they that these these people have simply not been walking the example of the messiah that they were calling themselves followers of the messiah but in their daily lives they were not living it out and and for us, for example, we need we need to look at our own lives. Are we living out our lives? Become more and more like the Messiah every day. Are we focused in all that we do to be lights in a dark world and not just like the world, except what we do on Saturday Saturday mornings or Sunday mornings, but living as as lights and living as ones following the Messiah. Although Paul threw out Philippians especially the Messianic hymn of chapter 2, emphasize the importance of modeling humility and self-sacrifice. Some Yeshua followers could have been living self-centered lives while still claiming to follow the Messiah. As I said, throughout the book of Philippians, there is the ongoing theme of humility that, that we, we see, see the examples of humility throughout the book. In chapter 1, we see the example of Paul. Chapter 2, we see the highest example of humility. Messiah Yeshua. Later in chapter two, we see examples of Timothy and Epaphroditus, two human examples of humility. In the first part of the chapter three, we see a negative example of humility, as Dr. David Stern called it. The the pride of these false teachers who came to the Philippian community. And we we see we see also another another example a negative example of pride in chapter four which we'll be looking at looking at next later this week where there was a a, a division in the community between two leaders of Bodhi and Sintiki. So throughout the book, there's there's both positive and negative examples of humility, positive examples of of, of hum, humble, the negative examples of humility being pride. So Paul Paul here could be. Could, is also saying that these people could be could be not living out the humility and self sacrifice of Yeshua, that those who, who he called enemies of, of the Messiah's execution stake could be living as as enemies of of the, of the cross, enemies of the execution stake, because they were not following the self sacrifice of Yeshua. That they were claiming to be followers of Yeshua, they're claiming to be Talmud Yeshua, but they were not living their lives. Following example, his his humility, his walking, walking in service of others, walking in service of God, walking in in a lifestyle of faith, a lifestyle of following God's vote, 
a life of, of walking as an example of Yeshua in a dark world. Rather than outright a rejection of their faith by their, by their lifestyle, they oppose the model of the Messiah, making them enemies of the Messiah's execution stake as they refuse to follow the example set for them. So in this, in this verse, we can see that there are multiple ways of understanding who these ones that Paul called enemies of the Messiah's execution stake, enemies of the cross. Those who, those who, who rejected, rejected speaking about the scandalous death of the Messiah on the cross, those who, who were averse to fully embracing that, that their Messiah and King died the death of a slave and, and died the shameful death on the cross. These could be those who are enemies of the Messiah's execution stake. As we see that their other enemies could also be those who, who by their lives were not living out the humility and the self-sacrifice of the Messiah. And in that way, they were being enemies of Messiah's execution stake. So we see that either, either and Paul warns about that, that in this aversion, aversion that can lead actually to complete rejection of you showing complete embracing of the rejection of the Messiah's execution stake by those who begin the path of, of dissenting themselves, either both in their in their ideology and their their way of, of 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 thinking about Yeshua, or those in the very action that distance themselves by not living like the Master, not living modeling the Messiah, that they were that they were followers of Yeshua in name only by the not living out as true Talmudim of Yeshua. In verse 19 we read, they are headed for destruction. Their God is the belly. They are proud of what they ought to be ashamed of since they are concerned about things of this world. They are headed for destruction. Their God is the belly. They are proud of what they ought to be ashamed of since they are concerned about things of the world. Most commentators understand this verse and related to those mentioned earlier in the chapter in verse 2, commonly called Judaizers. In the, the opening of, of this chapter in, in verse 2, Paul warns about these about people who are who, who, who are coming to Philippi, who were enemies of, of the good news of the Messiah, which he called dogs, evil workers, and the mutilated. As I said in our early classes, classes, we actually have three classes on Philippians chapter 3 too. But we don't know the identity of these people that Paul warned about. But there's speculation. The, the largest area of speculation focuses on them being what, are, what, what have been called Judaizers. Those, those Gentiles or, or Jews that were that were calling the Gentile believers in Philippi to be circumcised and in essence to convert to Judaism after becoming Yeshua followers, of which of which Paul said Paul was opposed to, and based on the on the Jerusalem Council teaching that Gentiles could and should come to Yeshua faith as Gentiles. 
So with that background, as I said, the many many commentators understand that these people he's, he's speaking about here could be could be what the, were called Judaizers, those who were promoting circumcision for Gentile Yeshua followers, but also also tying in that these people also along also were were promoting were promoting that these Gentile believers also take on the Jewish dietary laws, the kashrut. The kosher laws, hence using the phrase "their God is the belly," which which they may be referred to and incorrectly worshiping the kosher dietary laws. So there are there are those those commentators who believe that this reference to to their God is the belly is that these that that false teachers were also also along with promoting promoting circumcision for for the Gentile. Gentile Yeshua believers were the men of the Gentile Gentile believers. They were also also uh, ca also calling them to uh, these Gentile believers are also to take on the Jewish dietary laws, to take on kashrut, kosher dietary laws. And Paul was calling calling them these people who were promoting this to the Gentiles as those who worship the belly, that they were in essence worshiping worshiping the observance of the kosher dietary laws and they were they were commending these on to the gentile believers to add on to their their faith as yeshua believers not only to be circumcised for the men but then for all the gentile followers of yeshua in in philippi to take on the kosher dietary laws of which which in the 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 jerusalem council ruling that the Gentiles were not were not to be bound by by kashrut by the kosherity laws, but they were to live as redeemed Gentiles without without that necessary necessary requirement for them. Though still, for, for Jewish believers, Jewish dietary laws are incumbent and important, and are are still in effect for those. Jews who put their faith in Messiah, that that they were they were to continue on in following the Jewish dietary laws, and that was not a command that was passed on to the Gentile followers of Yeshua. Mark Keown, who is a biblical commentator, disagrees that Paul would refer to Jews as having their stomach as their god, which would contravene Paul's observance of Judaism. And respect for his fellow Jews, seeking to follow the one God of Israel. So Keon, Keon, who who was who was a who was a who was a, a Christian biblical scholar, was written was written many many important commentaries, and this one is is, is his commentary from his commentary on Philippians, writes that he that he disagrees. He is one he's one Christian commentator that disagrees that Paul would call. Paul would call his fellow Jews as ones who were worshiping their stomach, that their stomach was their God, that they were worshiping the kashrut, they were worshiping the Jewish dietary laws, and were, were looking to, to pass that on to these Gentile believers that, that he says, you know, understanding, he, he understands well that Paul was an observant Jew, 
who was who was continuing following in the path of of living as a faithful Jew, even even referring to himself as a as a parush, as one who followed the the practices of the of the Pharisees. So Paul, so so Keon says it, it's it's doesn't make sense. And he disagrees that Paul would actually call fellow Jews stomach worshipers or ones who worship the stomach. And and because of both Paul's practice of Judaism, but also his his deep respect for for the the traditions of Judaism and for his own Jewish people, his respect for his fellow Jews who were who sought to follow the one God of Israel and sought to follow the Torah. But he says it's unimaginable to understand Paul calling fellow Jews stomach worshipers. That they're that they they somehow made an idol out of out of the following of the Jewish kashrut practices. Uh, G.W. Hansen, another vocal scholar, concurred with Keown that Paul was not speaking about Jews or Jewish practice when he wrote, Paul used the term stomach to represent unbridled sensuality, whether gluttony or sexual licentiousness, for those who have no higher authority for the way they live than the dictates of their bodily appetites. Their God is their stomach. They worship their appetites. Even those serving serving bodily appetites seems shameful to behavior these people take pride in their shame they broadcast and brag about their shameful indulgences to their physical appetites their glory is in their shame so Keon gives an, an, another take on this that, that those who worship the, their stomach are those who give in to their physical desires whether whether gluttony or or sexual desires, the ones who worship their stomach are those who worship their own physical, physical and sexual desires. What, whatever their their body desires, their stomach is, is the is the uh, one that as he calls them, those who worship their stomach, that they they're worshiping their their passions, their desires, rather than than. Uh, seeking out to, to to worship the true god they, they had made an idol of their own own physical passions rather than discussing false teachers speaking about jewish practice paul may instead warn against local philippians who observed pagan practices not surprising pagan having a, a heavy pagan influence on the city the various various greek roman egyptian the emperor worship, the various mystery cults, all the various religious traditions that melded themselves within the flipping community. So, so another way of understanding is that Paul was warning against against the the believers in Philippi to stay away from those who who were involved in these pagan practices that they were that they were worshiping. Their 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 desires rather that they were them worshiping the one God of Israel. Let's look at some of the Philippian and Roman practices of the time. Interestingly, Paul first visited Philippi. When Paul first visited Philippi, we read about in Acts sixteen. 
encountered a slave girl possessed by a python spirit who her owners used as a fortune teller to make money. So when Paul first visited this Philippi, which we read about in Philippians 16, he encounters a slave girl who was who was possessed by what was called a python spirit. And she was and she was she was uh, practicing fortune telling for money for the sake of her owners. That she, that she was possessed by this this spirit, this python spirit, this demonic spirit, who was allowing her to to put forward forward uh, fortunes for people, and 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 she and she would receive money that that would go to her owners. Her owners would receive money, and then they would allow allow her to to give her these these demonic demonic uh, words to their clients and Paul and Paul actually called out the spirit and and uh, and exercised the spirit from from the girl and then she was no longer able to to serve her master but she had this what was called a python spirit which we read about in and this which we read that the same type of possessions as having a python spirit was 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 something that was among the priests of Sibylle, which was one of the one of the pagan worships of, of Philippi. And Mark Nanus, the great Paul Within Judean scholar, wrote, Divine possession for the Sibylle priests was made was made speaking with strange voices. Emanating from their bellies, belly talkers or belly prophets. The Greek word being gastromontis, or valent or or ventriloquists, who speak or prophesy from a demon inside themselves. Ingos ingosterum mythos. This is considered synonymous with pythonos or the python spirit. So we see see that. Uh, Nanos here, is, Nanos here is bringing out that the priests of Sibylle, one of the pagan worships of, of Philippi, their their priests had had messages, words coming, prophetic words from the demon inside them that would come and some from their belly. They were considered belly talkers or belly prophets. So Paul here could be also another option for the the those who worship their belly. Is these false prophets that he was warning the Philippians to avoid and to avoid any connection to the the pagan worship of their past and of the Philippian the Philippian community of the of Philippi the various the various worships of pagan gods of which we have have here an example of a specific worship where demonic voices are coming from people's bellies. And this could be a form of a belly of belly worship that Paul is warning about. In view of the, the above, their goddess, their belly, is, is a perfect phrase for, for Paul to use to rebuke the Philippian pagan pagan prost, pagan worship of the Sibylle. Understood this way, an interpretation consists sharply with other commentaries. Let's see verse 19 is anti-Judaism polemic passage. So looking at looking at further, as that it could be, that Paul was speaking against against the the pagan practice of the Sibylle worship, as worshiping the belly rather than 
the common common take in Christian commentaries that Paul is speaking about about it, the worship of the stomach being related to kashrut or or these these ones being looking to impel, to impel the the Gentile followers of Yeshua in Philippi to take on 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 kashrut take on Jewish law rather than, and and then making it making this passage an anti-Judaism polemic and what we see from when Danos gives it, he gives us a way to understand it is not as a polemic against Judaism but as a as a confrontation of the pagan practices of Philippi and letting the people of Philippi know that they need to avoid connection with the pagan practices that that the the connection to their past into the pagan worship of Philippi must be broken for the for the sole worship of the one God of Israel and the sole following of the Messiah of Israel, Yeshua. Paul exhorts the former pagans in Philippi who embraced the Jewish Messiah not to compromise or return to the old ways of Philippian pagan religion. Paul cautions them not to adopt pagan practices that may provide temporary benefits and acceptance in contrast to accepting their new lives within a new Jewish context as followers of the God of Israel, as the ones standing outside the pagan world and waiting for life to come in their new heavenly citizenship. So, as we said, there, there's throughout throughout Philippi, there were many different pagan religions, and along with the, the many pagan religions, there was also also a great syncretism that was going around that people were taking parts from this religion you know from this from the worship of Sibylle, but also taking something from the 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 roman emperor religion those from the from the uh, the other mystery religions and somehow melding different different pagan religions together and paul is warning warning them these new Yeshua followers in Philippi to not to understand that they had to solely follow the one God of Israel and they there couldn't be any syncretism in their new the new faith but they couldn't add any something from any of the of the past traditions of theirs or the current the current whatever the current the current uh, fad religious tradition to add on to their Yeshua's faith their Yeshua faith must be pure and purely following the God of Israel, and that there, there needs to be no, no connection with the pagan practices, but just to say solely following the one God of Israel, and to be truly followers of Him, and not enemies of the Messiah's execution stake. So that will conclude our study for today. We actually went, went longer than I was expecting, but uh, it was good to be with you today. And good to have you with us on this special 10 a.m. version of the Letter to Philippi broadcast. So I will thank you for watching, and uh, and uh, we'll have a closing word of prayer, and uh, we'll go on with with our days. Actually, I have a we'll be doing this class again in about 20 minutes. So, oh Lord, you're good. We thank you. We bless you. For, for who you are and and help us lord to be to model our messiah every day and and help us lord to embrace your scandalous death and to not be enemies of, of your 
of your cross of the of the execution stake Lord but to be truly followers of Yeshua and followers of the Messiah of Israel understand that we walk as lights in a dark world help us to do that today we thank you for the words of your righteous servant Paul we thank you for Yeshua who gives us life and in whose holy name we pray amen so thank you for watching this is the letter to Philippi broadcast regularly Monday through Friday at 12 p.m. Pacific time 3 p.m. Eastern time 10 p.m. Jerusalem time and if you want more information go to letter to philippi.org you can fill out our our contact form you can leave a prayer request you can watch past videos of our classes you can purchase my commentary on Philippians you can make a contribution to our work and you can find out more at lettertophilippi.org. You should see it in this the scroll near the screen. And uh, thank you for watching. And uh, join us tomorrow at 12 p.m. Pacific time, 3 p.m. Eastern time, 10 p.m. Jerusalem time. And thank you for being a part of this special 10 a.m. Letter to Philippi broadcast. Again, my name is Sean Emsley. Letter to Philippi is a new Messianic Jewish theological organization of which I am the founder and teacher and look forward to having you with us again. And to see previous classes, just go to letter to And thank you for watching. Shalom. Bye for now.